Hi, this is Chad Dull. Welcome to my Poverty Informed Podcast. Well, it's been a while. I don't think I've put out a podcast in about six months, so I hope people are still listening to them. Um, but I've been wrapped up in, oh, lots of things. But uh, for folks that care, I can share most of the last six months has been about in the final stages of finishing up my uh, Doctor of Education degree. And I'm proud to say uh, July 18th, I believe, I finished that officially. Um, it was a nice thing to take off my list and recapture some mental energy. Uh, which gets me back to having energy for my passion, which is talking about these issues around poverty and how they prevent people from getting to where they want to go. Uh, So I also picked up a writing habit lately, and I'd like to share something I wrote with you uh, earlier this month. It's called Poverty Informed Practice, Rigor. I've worked in higher education for more than two decades as an administrator. That means I have attended many, many meetings so many meetings. It also means I know the things people say in those meetings, particularly the things intended to end discussion. As an example, I remember once discussing flexibility with nursing faculty and being told, sure, as long as you're satisfied with an 85% competent nurse. See what I mean? Discussion ender. Or another example uh, people will use is to say, we have to prepare students for how stressful the workplace really is. Now, setting aside nursing discussions and misplaced perceptions of the workplace, one of the other common conversation enders in higher ed is the notion of rigor. This often comes in the form of statements like, we can change that, but we have to maintain our rigor. Or the even more insidious, we certainly can't lower our standards. You see, on the surface, These seem sensible and they're deceptively seductive statements and all too often get treated as truisms without any real examination. But let's go deeper. I know it's a cliche to start with dictionary definitions, but I think it works in this case. Dictionary.com says rigor is defined as strictness, severity, or harshness, as in dealing with people. Now that feels kind of spot on for the conversation ender version of the word I run into in meetings. So often it seems the people I talk to equate being rigorous with being difficult. And by difficult, they rarely mean intellectually challenging. They simply mean hard. Hard is in an overwhelming amount of work or confusing directions. Or back in the day, I hope, even the infamous trick questions. Maybe this whole idea is rooted in like the Protestant work ethic or something else similar, but it doesn't land home for me. In my observation, this faith in difficulty leads to a belief that if everyone is succeeding in a course or a program, rigor must be lacking by definition, and that can't be right. I'm an educator by training, so I know my Lev Vygotsky. For those of you who are not quite as geeky about education as I am, Vygotsky studied child development and learning and is credited with an idea we call the zone of proximal development. This idea is essentially sort of the Goldilocks version of educational theory. It says that people learn best when they are intellectually challenged, but not overwhelmed. The learning can't be too challenging to even begin, 
or so basic as to make it boring. So just like Goldilocks porridge, the learning needs to be just right. That is the zone of proximal development, and I wonder how it relates to our current misuse of rigor. My interpretation of Vygotsky is we should design learning so as many people as possible can succeed. This does not align with how I see rigor interpreted. My observation is rigor is typically defined as coursework being hard enough that some people will fail. And it's often accompanied by statements such as, you know, those that made it know they really earned it. Rigor all too often equates to jumping through hoops. Now, if I'm fair, at this point you may be wondering what, what's the problem, particularly if you think hard work is valuable in and of itself. But even if you think that, there are problems. I mean, what makes a class hard work? All too often it boils down to the amount and type of work assigned. I think back to when I was an undergrad, and I remember you would get warnings from other students about which classes were loaded with reading or extra assignments or those sort of things. You rarely actually got warnings about the content being difficult. And that's where rigor starts to intersect with poverty and with resources. If we raise the rigor of a course by piling on work to make it harder, we start to erode the most precious resource, time. Our students in the crisis of poverty do not have the amount of time available many other students do. You see, college is still built on this model of being a sole focus of a full-time student, and it hasn't been that for a long, long time. But we still privilege those with time and resources by making the amount of work synonymous with the rigor of a course, and making things complicated rather than mentally challenging because those are not always the same thing. For example, think about online course shells being different from course to course in a student takes, in each course that a student takes. What learning occurs there, or does it just eat up time due to confusion? As all of us strive to become more equity-minded, it is worth shifting our focus from rigor to learning. How do we create the conditions for students to engage in learning within the zone of proximal development? So I'm asking you, I'm asking you to let the statements which used to end meetings become the beginning of conversations. Challenge conventional wisdom and say, let's think deeper, please. Ask, what are we trying to do here? Are we creating extensive and confusing work so that some students will complete and therefore succeed and others won't complete and therefore fail? Or are we trying to design learning in a way that opens the door for all? We know our current structures and practices don't serve students in poverty and other excluded groups very well. So it would seem logical we need to do things differently. One thing we could do immediately is revisit this idea of rigor and see if it is serving us as intended. Is success only valuable if someone else fails to achieve it? Do we define rigor as being intellectually challenging in an environment where students can succeed or do we define rigor as simply meaning a course or program is too time intensive and confusing for certain people? If we decide it's the latter, we know who those certain people who fail are all too often. So I know what I believe, and I hope you will join me in letting the cliches that often end our meetings 
become the beginning of working towards real change.